Hey listeners, my name is Elisha, the founder of the Witnesses Podcast. It's so beautiful to have you listening to our podcast. And I want you to know something that that means a whole lot to me. Thank you for tuning in. And one thing I love to tell all of our listeners is, it's not just about you listening, but listening to understand. Understanding is the most important thing. So important. So, you have to listen, learn, and practice. Thank you so very much and happy listening. It's nice to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that's so good. You know, um, oftentimes I love to talk about the essence of this show, which is to invite amazing guests. Amazing guests like Juan, who have triumphed over one challenges or another. We invite them to come talk to us about their stories, how they came out of such challenges triumphantly. Because we believe that in our audience, it might be someone who is talked up in a situation that you came out of triumphantly. So um, that person or people listening to you speak, they might actually pick an information that will transform their lives. There you go. I got you back now. Sorry, my network. I don't know what happened. So within the next few minutes, one. Let us get started with your story, the challenges that you faced, and how you came out of it triumphantly. Then afterwards, I've got some questions for you. Okay, let's okay. get started. Okay. Yeah, so I um, I grew up in Southern California, and um, growing up, we didn't we didn't have a whole lot. Um, my parents were both uh, migrants from Mexico, and um, they would pick fruit all up and down California and Washington and Oregon and uh grew up they grew up pretty pretty poor as they were farm workers and um bringing me up it was uh, especially in the uh, Latin community very uh, you had very strong values but also strong rules and uh you know you when you get in trouble you got spanked and you know and and looking back at it sometimes um, you know, you think, was it discipline or was it physical abuse? Um, but growing up, my dad was a, a teacher and, uh, he always had time for other people. Um, what I mean by that is he was always grading papers and, and at school and, uh, didn't have a whole lot to, um, like interact with him. And we had a really good relationship, but it could have, it could have been worse. And we're just going to keep on recording because <laughs> I don't know where we went. Um, but um, growing up, it was it was difficult and it was tough at times. Um, school was always difficult. Uh, I believe that um, that was because I it was I didn't know that I could mess up if I made a mistake. I always thought that I was going to get in trouble. So. I always worked so hard to not not get in trouble because I didn't know how I was going to be be treated and so um growing growing up I I had to make sure that I was doing the right thing because I I was so afraid of getting in trouble and so my parents never taught me that it was okay to make mistakes and so now that I'm a parent I tell my kids that it's okay to make 
to make mistakes. I mean, we all, we all, we, we all do, right. We all make mistakes. Um, and so growing up, I, I'm the youngest of two, uh, uh, I'm the youngest of three, um, children. I had two older sisters, so I never had anyone to really, you know, push me or make me quote unquote tough. Right. And so out of high school, I went to, and I joined the military. I was in the army for about 10 years. Um, but that military experience taught me some really good things. And then it also had some negative effects on me. So some of the things that I, I deal with is PTSD. So there's some, some, um, issues there, um, and with, uh, anxiety and depression. And so I was always the center of attention. We'd go out and, you know, go to dinner, have a party, whatever. And it was always, it was always Juan, go do this. Oh, I dare you to do this. Or Juan, tell him this story. I was always the center of attention, but after the military, um, something just switched and changed and I, I wasn't the center of attention. Like I didn't, I wasn't happy. Um, I was always just real serious. And so it seems like my joy and my laughter got taken away. Um, and then, you know, got, got married, had three boys and some of those ill effects of the military kind of damaged some of my, um, you know, the relationship with my wife. So it was, it was difficult, um, a lot of times with that. And so, um, those are probably some of the main difficult things that had to, I had to go through, um, and that I'm still currently going through, right. It's my, I, my life is not perfect. I now speak on, you know, a bunch of stages about leadership and how to, how do we become better? How do we leave our past in the past and not keep it right next to us as we move forward? And so it's just, um, you know, something that we need to do, we should always strive to become better and be better uh, and not take those those things from our past, you know, with us. It's like it's like you don't you don't uh, carry the clothes that you just wore yesterday with you and the day before that with you and show up to a friend's house with a laundry full of clothes. Right. That would be silly. You put on new clothes, uh, you know, every day and you leave the dirty clothes at, at home. You wash me, take care of them. But. I think that's the thing that people need to understand is every single day we get a new day and we shouldn't take the old things with us into our new day. Lost you again. There you go. So let us begin with the very first question. Um, what are the seven deadly sins of leadership? The seven deadly oh, yeah. sins of leadership. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I don't know that we have time to go over all of them, but um, when it comes to leading, uh, when it comes to leading um, people moving forward and you're leading an organization, there's a couple of things that uh, I see that affects a lot of people uh, and in organizations is one of them and not in any particular order that you can't lead the same if you, if you're having continuous growth. And so uh, one of the times uh, that you think of is, organizations start to grow either the people grow the person grows they get better at doing what they're doing um, or the organization grows they're hiring more people they're distributing more goods and so, so the business is starting to grow the first deadly sin is you can't lead the same like you used to so i can't teach the same principles that i used to teach because uh, i've changed like i'm better like i should be teaching new principles i should be teaching uh, new things to do. I need to be teaching uh, better than I did the day before or the year before. 
Um, if we continue to grow bigger, the way I manage five staff is going to be different than when I manage 10 staff. When I manage uh, those 10 staff and we grow to 20 staff, I have to lead a little bit different. If you continue to lead the same way that you always have, you're going to lose production, you're going to lose people, and essentially you're going to be left in the past. Um, the second thing, um, the second uh, one is is not wanting to learn from people above you or below you. That also goes a different way in uh, people not wanting to learn from people that are younger than them or older than them. Um, we can learn from everybody. There's times where I talk to my kids and my kids teach me a lesson. There's times where uh, I've learned from my father who's older than me. So there's a, a big difference in in the thought process and the learning process when people say, oh, I don't want to listen to him. He's too old. Or I don't want to listen to them. They're too young. They don't know what the heck they're talking about. There's a uh, an old school rapper uh, named KRS-One. And I heard him say the other day that if older people would listen to the younger people, the older generation will become faster around their same generation of people. If younger people learned from their older people, they will become wiser amongst their friends. Like there's a way of learning uh, from both the people above you and below you when it comes to age. Um, but it also can happen from, you know, somebody who's the manager can learn from their CEO, but they can also learn from their staff. We just because they're you hold a different position, uh, that shouldn't cause the problem into growing the your thought process or your possibilities. Um, the third one that I go over is the thought process of this is how we've always done it. Um, like I said before, on the first on the first deadly sin, uh, you can't lead the same as you did last year. Well, you can't do the same thing that you've always done, right? As you get older, you're not able to eat the same foods that you used to when you were younger. Um, when you get older, you can't move the way that you used to when you were younger. And so, um, that third, that third one, that third rule being, this is how we've always done it. Just because that's how you did it last year doesn't mean that that's how you do it this year, right? Um, we used to be able to only cook food on uh, over the fire, and then we they invented stoves, and then they d invented microwaves. And then now they've invented air fryers. Like there's different ways of doing things. You can't stick with the old way, the the way that you did did things. And just imagine if we were only able to travel by um, donkey, camel, or horse, but we have cars now, right? If we always did things the way we used to, we wouldn't progress. And so that third one is, um, this is how we've always done it. And then uh, number four, because I don't know that we have time to go through all of them, but um, not having regular evaluations. I think this goes for even personal growth, right? All these things can be for personal growth and all these things I'm telling you can be for uh, an organization. But if we don't do evaluations, if we just do them once a year, then what happens is at the end of the year, you get told what you do well and what you do wrong. Well, if you get told what you do wrong at the end of the year, then you went 11 months, 12 months, doing something bad that you could have changed in the first place. Just imagine if imagine if you were able to tell me what I did wrong a month into me working, I would be able to fix those things. And so um, 
we have to have regular evaluations over ourselves, over our bosses, over our organization to say, hey, these things are going well. Let's keep on doing these. These things aren't going well. These are the things that you need to change. But if we can do a regular evaluation over our lives, over our job, over our organization, um, we're more apt to be more successful if we can constantly make positive changes in our lives. I'll save you from five, six, and seven because uh, I don't know how much time yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the second question, how do you um, balance work and life? You got it? Um, so, yeah. So <clears throat> I tell people that they need to spend, there's really no work-life balance. Um, if you're at work, be at work. If you're at home, be at home. I find that an issue in the workplace is when people do personal stuff at work. Um, and the issue at, and the issue at home is that you end up um, bringing work home. And if you're bringing work home, that means you're not spending time with your family, uh, which is your kids or your spouse. So if you're at home, be at home. If you're at work, be at work. We shouldn't be trying to balance. If you think balance, it's the same thing on both sides. I'm gonna, you like in a marriage. It's a marriage is not fifty fifty. It's one hundred and one hundred. Um, at work, I need to make sure that my whole mind, body, and spirit is at work. When I'm at home, I need to make sure that my mind, body, and spirit is all at work. My my kids and my wife don't need me to be the manager at work at home. They want me to be husband. They want me to be father. They want me to be friend. Right. When I'm at work, I don't need to be a father. I don't need to be a husband. I don't need to be friend. At work, I need to be boss, leader, manager, whatever it is. So when we talk about balance, be 100% in what you're doing. And when that's done, cut it off and then be 100% at, at home. Okay. Are you still there? Sorry, my yes, Wi-Fi. I don't know what's wrong with it. Okay, amazing. All right, so... The second to the last question. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay, let's say someone asks you, Hey, Juan, how can I grow as a leader? What would your response be? I would want them to learn how to grow themselves first. Um, you're not able to grow somebody else if you're not able to grow yourself. Um, I think a good example of that is how am I, how, I think a, a good example is how, uh, how am I supposed to ask you or someone else, teach me how to grow uh, a crop or a tree to bear fruit if they haven't done it themselves, right? How am I going to ask you for advice, um, to lead me if you're, if you're not leading, leading yourself, so there, I think the first thing, if they want to lead, be a better leader, they need to one lead themselves, but also two, you need to be honest with yourself. You can't lead you can't lead somebody else if you're lying to yourself, and you can't lead yourself if you're lying to yourself. And so you need to do a self assessment and saying, um, where do I need to grow? What do I need to do? Why do I need to do those things? So I would say that if they want to become a better leader, they need to do a, a self reflection, a self assessment to see how do they lead themselves, and when they can have success with themselves then they can start leading maybe one other person, maybe even two other people. When you can get success in that, then you can start leading uh, leading more. But I think it, it what it comes down to is you need to learn how to lead yourself first before you can lead others. Amazing. That 
Yeah, we're almost done. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, so how do you handle difficult workers and people? How do I deal with, I deal with what was that? Yeah, how do you deal with difficult workers and people? I, I think when it comes down to it, you need to ask yourself, what's the end goal? Um, if we need to get a job done or somebody's being an issue in the workplace, we have to ask like, what, uh, what, again, what is the end goal? Is it communication? Then if that's the end goal, then we need to lead and teach towards, uh, communication. If it is somebody's attitude, we need to teach that person, um, in a sense, how to, how to act in the workplace. And so I think a lot of the issues that we have is we always tell people you can't do that. And then we don't teach them the behavior. We might send them to a training uh, or write them up and we don't teach them the behavior. I think uh, a lot of times we tell people, well, that's not how you should act or you know better. But if they knew better, then they would have acted better. But apparently they don't know how to behave, probably because they haven't been taught. And so we need to teach them the behavior. So we end up sending them to a, you know, to a, a training or something like that. And maybe they listen and maybe they don't if we truly want somebody to to learn a better behavior then we need to be the ones to teach them which is why we're in the position to lead so they're not behaving because we're not we're not leading them right they're they are acting as themselves instead of understanding what the job entails and so i uh, i think going kind of going back a little bit to um you know how do we lead people or 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 you know kind of what is leadership i think there's three different steps of leadership there's leading leading people or being a leader then there is being a servant leader so how do we serve others and then there's stewardship how do we understand that there's a job to be done and i'm the one who's been given this opportunity to do so so when we're dealing with a difficult person we have to remind them of their talents and their strengths and why they're in that uh position and when they do that, when they're doing that position uh, or they're in that position doing the work that they're supposed to be doing, they need to understand their value. And hopefully that'll diminish the the uh, difficult person is them fully understanding you're in this position for a reason. You have value. Utilize that for um, for its purpose. But bring intentionality back into the workplace because I think a lot of people lose the intentionality piece of being intentional in the workplace. And so then they be, start to become difficult. People aren't going to become difficult if they say you are the reason why we are here. Like you're the reason why you're in this position is because you're gifted and talented and you're not you're not working in your gifts and talents. And so now you're starting to stray away from what we've called you to do. You are you're leading more with your attitude and your inner feelings than you are in your talents. And so you've left that. And so now you're going down this other road. Um, there's a saying that says uh, that I've learned that we don't call people, we shouldn't call people out, we should call people up. So we need to start elevating people and their thought process, their attitude, their performance, but call out what they're doing wrong. Is it their tone of voice? Then maybe we talk to them about their tone and then we teach them that behavior. If they're not following a policy or procedure, you call out the policy or procedure that they're not doing. But then you call the person up and ask them like, hey, you are capable of doing so much more. And this is the level we need you at. And when you drop to this level, then we have an issue and a problem. And when we have an issue and a problem, then out comes this, this issue or, pro or problem. And that's what we're calling out. We're not calling you out. We're calling the, the situation out. We're calling the problem out. I'm asking you to elevate yourself. So I'm calling you up into a new level so you can become great. But I, again, I think people need to fully understand 
if I get fired from this job, the job is going to continue to go forward. They're going to hire somebody else. Like that job, that position is bigger than us. So I, I kind of put it this way. If I'm praying for the best uh, staff, God, just give us the best staff that we can to be in this position. I hope we hire the right person for this position. And let's say it's you, right? If you're the answer to my prayers for this position, you have to understand how important you are for this position. It's your gifts and your talents. But I think when we start having difficult people, they forget that. And so as leaders, we need to remind those people of why they're in their in this position. And hopefully by that understanding and that communication, they won't be as difficult or they'll understand I'm not stewarding this position the way that I should be. Amazing. You know. I wonder if it's better if I turn off. And that that's really great. Okay, so. Um, in conclusion, what would you like to say to the audience? And let's say there's someone who would like to reach out to you. How can that be possible? Yeah, they can uh, follow me on Instagram at we, uh, excuse me, uh, on Instagram at raise the bar, uh, CEO, that's R-A-I-Z-E, the bar, CEO, that's on Instagram, on LinkedIn. I think it's just uh, R. RTB for raise the bar RTB dash one, um, and then uh, you can go to the website www. Amazing. Okay. So that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Thank you for honoring the invite, one. It means a whole lot. Thank you so very much, man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this incredible episode. Your support means the world to us, and we truly value you. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback is greatly appreciated.